episode here. I'm here with Jeff Thomas, fucking amazing individual. He's short, but he's got a lot of power, a lot of strength. <laughs> Yo, I have to ask you, I've been saving this question until we fucking started the whole time. What's the deal with the fucking hot sauce? Okay. I, uh, What's the deal? It's, like, it's like a literally a fucking addiction, and I've never seen anybody be like that. Oh, see, like, every every time I go someplace, like I, I go out of town or something, I like I was recently in Asheville and I went to the different shops. I always end up grabbing another bottle of hot sauce because I was just, like trying different ones. And it, yo, it's like they're all over like seventy percent full. Like you just literally. But what's the backstory though? Do you just fuck with them since a kid or something? Yeah, I mean, it, my my uncle actually grew like jalapenos and habaneros and stuff. And oh I shit! Okay. Always had a thing for like spicy food. Well, actually, the reason they're like seventy percent full is because most hot sauces that you get places just you piss know, the, they're not very good. Ah, well, whoa, that's a whole other conversation. Because like, what's what's the what? How do you like judge that? Yeah, that's the thing. The, the criteria for which one I get it depends on whether it's I don't know some local thing. Like for instance, in Asheville, uh-huh. they had the Firewalker sauces from uh, Wicked Weed. Mm-hmm. Those are really good. I just I like seeing the creative, crafty style different sauces but ingredient wise like what makes one better than the other one mm, i mean if, usually if they're based on like ghost pepper or uh carolina reaper they're pretty good hmm. i don't know shit about any of those bro at all like i i appreciate hot sauce but like i would get away with like i'm good on like just some normal ass hot sauce like fucking uh like Frank's like Texas Pete or something. Texas yeah. Pete, like you know what I mean. Like I'm good with that. Like those, th- but you have like some different shit going on in here. That's like, oh, I've got one downstairs called Toxic Waste. Oh my and that god, that stuff is brutal. <laughs> I mean, brutal. A, a, a dab about the size of a penny, and you are in trouble for like the next half hour. It's horrendous. That's hot. that's ridiculous, dude. I I couldn't. I can't really get behind that at all. It's not my. It's not my thing. But it's, it's actually kind of interesting. They. There's a study, I can't remember which university, which university found this, I want to say it might be Cambridge or something, I, I can't remember, but uh, they recently did a study on people who eat spicy foods, like peppers, like a lot of peppers and mm-hmm. hot sauces and things like that, <clears throat> and they found that, uh, I can't remember the ex- which one of the, which way this goes, but they, they said there was like a 40% reduced chance for stroke. Um, in their lifetime, and then a, like a fifty percent redu- reduction in heart attack. Like it, it has dramatic health benefits. Like this spicy foods. Uh, oh, just not even just hot sauce. A lot of spicy foods. Just spicy foods has a massive health benefit. What the fuck, dude? I would have never guessed that at all. Like those are specific health benefits that I would not think of. Yeah, I mean, and yeah, it's, like and it's not just some insignificant amount. It's like a mm-hmm. really serious impact that it has. Damn, I guess I need to eat more spicy shit. I don't really, like... I mean, it's not why I do. I just like spicy stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's never, like, a go-to of mine. Like, I don't... I appreciate it, like, if I eat some buffalo wings sometimes, like, sure. But, like, I'm never, like, going to order something spicy on purpose. Nah. I don't know. I'm really basic when it comes to eating. I'm saying that right now. Like, I was having a conversation with somebody the other day. Like, I don't get... I don't get, like, subs from, like, sub places a lot because, like, I just get meat and cheese in my subs. I tell you the people that weird me out are the ones that go and get, like, I don't know, Wendy's chicken nuggets and they just don't want sauce at all. 
They just I've never like heard that before, but honestly, like they probably kill people on the low. Yeah, that would, that'd be a psycho. <laughs> Who eats dry nuggets with no with nothing to dip? Just them in? fucking straight up dry and flaky, like cutting the roof of your mouth type shit. If you just do that, like, what's wrong with you? Jeez, man. It's mm. gonna be hilarious if you've got listeners that would comment on this and be like, "Hey, hey, now." <laughs> yeah, wait a minute. I just give, I just finished my six piece. This is fucking raw dog from trying a second ago. <laughs> Fuck out of here. That's so weird, man. <laughs> no, not even kidding. I, I actually dated this girl that, that uh yeah she would get. Oh, well, you know, actually she might have been a psychopath. Come to think of it, but yeah, she she <laughs> she'd eat her nuggets plain. It's it's the weirdest thing. Wow, man, I've never come across that. This thing is faulty for sure. I don't know what I did with the other one. I might have left it in the car. And it's worth pausing to get, but like, you see how the, the light just stayed on? Yeah. That's not supposed to happen. And like, when you handed it to me earlier, that happened, and like, it makes this sound. Like crackling, sizzling? Like a crackling, sizzling sound. Yeah, the, actually, I can tell you what's wrong with it. The, uh, of course you fucking can. <laughs> of course you can. The, the way those things work is it's actually just a simple microphone inside the mm-hmm. bottom. And as you pull, it's a diaphragm microphone. Uh, but basically, as the... He's pulling, talking about an elf bar, guys, by the way. As you pull air through it, it's, it's, it's flexing that microphone, the little piezo crystal in the, in the microphone. And that's what trips the transistor on to, to send the power through your coil. And what's wrong with that is that piezo microphone is defective. Oh my god, it's dude. It's getting stuck. Dude, that's crazy, man. <laughs> what the fuck? I, I just, like, I can't deal with that. I need to find my other one. I'm going to pause so that way I can I can listen back and see how good we sound, too. Off the topic of, like, the bourbon and shit, like, do you know, um, I forget his name right now, but you know exactly who I'm about to ask you about. <clears throat> he goes to uh, headquarters a lot, and Bradshaw's, I call headquarters, I forget, <laughs> it's headquarters. headquarters. <laughs> so, um, the tall, older black gentleman who's, like, he has one blind eye and wears a cowboy hat. Yeah, Super Sam, energetic. Sam Cunningham, the black cowboy. Yes, the black cowboy, for sure. The governor. He, yeah. many, he goes by many names, for sure. Did, do you know what he's created? What do you mean? <clears throat> and what he's working on with like his brother? I want to say he's a musician, isn't he? No. Well, maybe. He no. like he's, um, does multiple things. I don't, no, yes. Actually, he used to do music with, uh, if I'm not mistaken, with like Jodeci or something like that. Like, yeah, that, like, sound, that sounds right. I've, yeah, I've, yeah. I've not, I've not really spent a lot of time talking to him. He's, yeah. he's, he's mostly just like life of the party kind of. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Out, but yeah, for sure. Never really sat down and yeah, sat down and had he, much of a conversation. He's, he's working on like I guess the first, um, and I'm well, I guess it's okay to talk about. Yeah, it's known, it's known information, but the first like black vodka in the country. Really? Yeah. That sounds cool. Yeah, like the actual liquid itself. And I'm like, wait, the, are you saying the liquid would be black? Yes, that's what I mean. The first, not not black owned vodka. Oh yeah, okay. Like brand, like pro- that probably. Is say, not, I'm sure there's. There's already there's no, no the, the actual vodka is black, bro. I wonder how he's making it black. You know what I mean? And you're you'd probably understand the science behind that more than I I would even start to. But like that's so interesting of an idea. That is. And I hope they get it off the ground and like it's running well because <clears throat> he said that they were having like like issues with getting certain things approved with it, blah, 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 which makes sense because it's something very different and kind of, like, daring, sure, but... This kind of makes me think, you know, you know, like, you can tell somebody who's been sitting around drinking a lot of red wine, like, their lips and their teeth are kind of, like, red or purple. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. I, I wonder if this would stain your teeth or your lips black. Oh, it's interesting. That's a good question. I mean, the, 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 I can question. imagine that the presentation on that would be kind of important. Yeah. But you, you could ask the same question with that about, like, Kraken or Jaeger, too, I think. Mm-hmm. But a person would have to drink a fucking lot of that shit, which is, like, not good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't stand Jaeger. I used to fuck with it really hard when I was younger, but not anymore. Mm-mm. I don't know why, really. It was just a thing to do. I was, just, I was drinking everything when I was younger. It didn't matter. It was like early 20s kind of thing. Well, that's, that's pretty neat. I didn't know he was working on that. Mm-hmm. He's one of those interesting... He's one of those interesting characters that... It's just it's really hard to pin down like who he is, what he's... What's what his he, backstory, what he's, what he's doing, yeah. Yeah, yeah sure. Somehow he seems to know everybody. He mm-hmm. clearly has like a, a pretty pronounced presence in the room. And it doesn't yeah. really matter if he, if he's been to the place before or not because I've seen him, I've seen other, him show up the other places. Yeah, other just, places. Yeah, he's just got the a way. Same about way. Him. Yeah. Mhm. That's awesome, dude. <clears throat> he's a pretty cool guy, though. Seems to be. Mhm. Yeah, he is. I thought that that's fucking very interesting. Like, damn, dude. I've been running into a lot more people recently, like who just have interesting things, and it goes back to what we were talking about. Like, of course, it's out of headquarters with the. The diverse mindsets and things like there's a lot of different people working on different things out of there for sure. Yeah, every most of the people there seem to have some something going. Like even the even the staff, like the wait staff, like uh, one of the one of the girls, Hannah. She makes some of the neatest little, like candles and stuff. Things and she grows like eucalyptus in her backyard and hmm. like makes her own, makes all of the, the all of the elements like the essential oils and everything that she mm-hmm. puts into it makes it herself. That from like the actual ingredients to make the stuff she makes from scratch. Yeah, she even makes the ingredients. Wow. And she, she's the presentation of like the items she sells. I'll, I'll see. I'll see like a post come up on Facebook or something where she's got some new thing that she made for sale, and it mm-hmm. it, it looks like a professionally made product. Like each time. Yeah. It's just really cool to see mm-hmm. the the artistic expression like all over the place. Yeah, definitely for sure. <clears throat> I'm really like paranoid about putting like like drinks near this. <laughs> what do you want coaster for it? It's my it's my fucking baby. It's my pride and joy. Yeah, I got Thank those you. when I was when I went to Kentucky. What's in Kentucky like? Not much, <laughs> not much at all. Um, I was in Frank Frankfort, Kentucky. It was uh the Buffalo Trace Distillery. Oh, Lord, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a, for a friend's wedding. So. The, tu- the tour of that place was really cool. So, like, how would you like to kick off this, this, um, <clears throat> this topic here? Hmm. Well, I mean, we started, well, we started with just a, a general concept and see where it goes, I guess. Yeah. Talking about connections between people, communications. I don't know. What, <laughs> shoot, what, let's start what, let's start with headquarters. Right, okay, that works. Definitely. It's interesting how it's interesting how people just gravitate towards difference differences there. Like you 
Yeah. You don't see a bunch of like-minded people wanting to talk to each other. You see a bunch of people with a lot of different perspectives wanting to talk to mm-hmm. each other. That's very true. It seems like that's what people, that's one of the things that makes the place thrive, in my opinion, is that there's always something to draw you there. There's, be it curiosity, intrigue. Yeah. Yeah. Gathering more information about the community around you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't thought about that ever. Like, you're, you're very right about that. It's not... It's not a lot of similar people finding somebody else like themselves there to, to just congregate with. And it clearly doesn't seem to be about trying to find like-minded people. It's, yeah. It's actually quite the opposite. Yeah, for sure. And it's not even like those people are trying themselves. It's just naturally where they fall into is just something different. Yeah. And I, I wonder if that's... that. I mean, it's definitely something that's easy to do there because just the way the place is set up. Mm-hmm. But I, that makes me makes me kind of think that that's generally what what people thrive on when trying to make connections and, and meet people and find purpose in communication, find find a reason to keep going out and finding new things. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I can't imagine what else anybody else is like going out for really. Well, that's, that's actually, that's not true. Cause like I have some friends who just go out specifically for the goal of like getting pussy and like fucking somebody. So there's that. And they're, they're completely cut off from what we're talking about, which is like still along the line of like connections with people, but it's in a, it's in a different lane that I don't even really, and I mean like I'm a man, so like I can, when I want to, I'll flip that switch, but like it's never, it's never predominantly on my mind like that. See, that's the thing. That's something I, I can't even I can't even really put my myself in the headspace of. Most almost every connection or like every romantic connection I've made has been accidentally discovered. It's like just right. in, end up in a conversation about some random mm-hmm. something. Yeah, and definitely. N- next thing you know, next thing you know, we 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 decide we want to have another conversation like that, and then next thing you know, dinner. Yeah. Or, or straight to sex, and then dinner. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, the majority of mine as well, too. Yeah, yeah I, ne- I never really go out looking to hook up with anybody. Yeah. I don't think I ever have. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a weird thing to, like, it's a weird just thing to be just going out for. <laughs> it's kind of sad that that would just be the the goal, the mindset. Yeah, it, it is, but, like, to, to my friends who are like that, like, you know, to use their own. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I have no, no room to judge anybody on it. It's, yeah people have their needs i guess yeah but it's like fucking over it's like they they over do like the the need like not even overdo the need but like the the value or what it's like actually worth like it's not even that it's not that crazy it's not that deep really yeah it seems like they're kind of missing the opportunity for a little more joy in the interaction yeah yeah for sure for sure and then like if you yeah that too and like you probably would have like better sexual interactions with people if you weren't going out with that intention all the time and just falling into it the way we were just saying. Well, don't get me wrong. Going about it the way I said, like trying to, trying to, you know, develop it as more of a, to start, start it or approach it, the word I'm looking for, encounter it as a relationship that's budding. That doesn't always work out that way in fact it, it sets you up for even a harder fall sometimes i guess taking it taking it more seriously being more deep about it yeah for sure bro definitely mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I learned that the hard way several times over. Yo, yeah, I've fallen on my face quite a few times recently. That's like, um, that's so funny that you bring that up. We're probably going off topic a little bit with this. We're like, it's all right. It's, uh, I was thinking about this the other day and I'm like, being consistently single for like a few months now since my last relationship and going through the different experiences that I had, I've had with white women that I don't do what you just said, take it too seriously or too deep from, from like jump. And then it just turns into, it ends up being nothing. It's just like that one time thing. And it's like, it's nothing, but older me never, or like previous or whatever you want to call it, like me would not ever recognize that. I was like always jumping in too deep and not recognizing that it just can just be that moment in time for the both of you. And it's not like that really. But I've been learning that like recently, just like, damn, like what was, what not even what was I doing or what was wrong with me before, but it's important that I finally realized that, like, because putting that that ended up in so much, so like many failed relationships because I was doing that, mm-hmm. when a lot of them could have just been like a one-time thing mm-hmm. if I would have recognized this earlier and just let them go. You know? <clears throat> That's interesting. You say that because something that I'm recently starting to starting to notice that that I've I've never been very good at. There's there's like. I have a lot of character flaws. I know I do. And it's really interesting to me that <laughs> I'm 34 years old and there's still things about myself that I'm, that I'm only just learning. Yeah. And I have, a, I have a problem with walking away from people. The pe- people that I should walk away from. People I should just no longer interact with. No longer hold any more resentment toward. Just get, get them out of my life. Yeah. And I'm, I've been starting to do that more recently, like knowing when it's time to stop, knowing when it's time to give up on a on a connection, mm-hmm. and then doing that and trying to you know remain open minded about it, not let it tear tear me down, make me feel bad, or send me out on a binge drinking session, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's another level too. Yeah, I don't think that. No, I can see how I have that same issue too, because my, my, the equivalent of that for me is like, I, I will over, over commit to like certain, those like connections. And that's my, like, I, I don't give up either. And like, I, I, I wouldn't walk away as easily either. And it's, it's so fucking, so overdone so many times. And I just should have been recognized. Like you should have walked away that long ago. Like, what are you doing? Well, yeah, it's really easy to fall into that sunk cost fallacy where mm-hmm. you've, you've invested such and such amount of time in it. And now you think if I, if I stop, if I walk away from it, that time was wasted. But if you look at it differently, it wasn't wasted time. <clears throat> you learned something yeah, along yeah. the way. You learned something new about that person. You learned something new about, you know, how you react depending on how, you know, depending on their, inter- their interactions with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's another that's another lesson too in all of it. And once you're going through the the like the emotions of of those moments, it's like you feel like you've wasted all that time. But you really wasn't wasted time. I've used such words recently too with the last relationship I had, but it, it honestly, it, to a certain extent, like extent, like it was a lot of wasted time. But it wasn't because it's like you still, like you said, you learned what you learned from it, for sure. 
Because it comes to a point sometimes you can... Well, I mean, I, <clears throat> everything you do, everything you, every time you choose to resume a relationship or continue a relationship or go back to a previous relationship or... It doesn't even have to be in the context of like a romantic relationship. It could be, it could be a friendship. You're you're choosing for that to be what your future looks like. You're choosing for, you're choosing that you, you will have that person and the effects that they have on you as, as part of your future for good. But when you step away from something like that, I don't know about you, but me personally, I prefer for my future to kind of be an unknown. I don't like, I don't like feeling like everything's planned out. I like, I like the, the excitement that I don't know what's coming next. A lot of people prefer to prefer that comfort of they know exactly what to expect the next day, and for me, it's it's never been that way. That's interesting because, like, for me, I'm on the fence. I'm very much always, you know, like I'm an overthinker. I'm always thinking about the next step and like the next move and this, that, and the third. But I didn't. I did not perceive you to be somebody who thought like that because you're so, like, your demeanor. Like we've talked about this in the past. Is so like like just in your box and you're just so analytical and just so like stern like in a way but then that that's your thinking behind that like you just well I mean don't get me wrong I, I've definitely I'm definitely thinking about what my next move is at any yeah. moment because I mean that's pretty much the only thing we can do is mm -hmm. decide what our next move is going to be something I absolutely refuse to do is worry about the future I don't you you see we're sitting here in my office you see like all the gadgets and broken things and fixed things sitting around I tend to take the philosophy that <clears throat> whatever I encounter whether it works whether it's working the way I want it to or not I can probably get it to I mean I like to fix things I like to repair things I like to solve problems yeah so I don't tend to look at the future and worry what's coming I assume that all right I'm probably going to be equipped by then to fix it and if I'm not then I get to learn something new Hmm. There's no way we're only 20 minutes in here. You dropping gems like that. <laughs> Jeff, what the fuck, yo? <laughs> that was fucking beautiful, dude. Yo. Yeah. You're so right about that. I definitely am quite the fucking opposite. And war like worry is a good word. Other than that, like maybe it like causes anxiety and all of these things. But I definitely do worry about future things that probably are not worthy to be worrying about at all. Yeah, definitely. Well, they say most of the things people worry about are never going to happen. Huh. Yeah. I, I haven't heard that too often, but yeah. Huh. I mean, you see people, like, not trying to throw my mom under the bus here, but my mom is a uh, determined warrior. Like anything, not warrior. She's War, that. As, yeah. She's that as well. But mm -hmm. I mean, warrior. That's you know, same with my mom. Same, same way. But at the same time, she is a meticulous planner. I mean, she's always prepared ahead of time. Like mm -hmm. she's always she's she's always thinking ahead of what could go wrong and setting the stage to ensure that when when or if that happens, it comes up that she's prepared for it. She'll she'll disappear off. She'll disappear out. Something breaks or whatever. She needs some. Something, I don't know, craft thing or whatever. 
she'll just wander off to the back room in the house, go go into her little cabinet. She's got she's got whatever it is she needs already there. Already th- already thought about that forever ago. <clears throat> okay, yeah, that that makes sense. That speaks to like how you end up being somebody who loves to fix things. A piece of that for sure. Well, I mean, I get honestly, it's it's all over my family. My my uncle was a electrical engineer. My grandfather was a carpenter slash mechanic slash everything. He could do anything. Mm-hmm. He recently passed away. Lived a really long, good life. So it, it, don't miss him, but I'm not sad. Not sad that he he's no longer suffering because he's in a good bit of pain at the end. Mm. <clears throat> but my dad, entrepreneur, refuses refuses to have to answer to anybody else about you know control of where he's going what you know what his life is he doesn't he doesn't have a boss that tells him he has to do x y or z he considers all of his customers more or less his boss but if there's something if there's some way that someone's treating him and he doesn't like it he doesn't have to take it he can just pack up his pack up all of his equipment and leave mm-hmm. and it's and it costs him nothing because my dad's booked out for like six months for appointments and work and he stays busy like always what does he do Owns a carpet cleaning company. Mm. He started and started it himself when I was really little. I was, I was like one or two, and uh, he got he got laid off from his from his job, and it was in a really awkward time because my little sister was on the way, and uh, oh, my mom was pregnant with her. <coughs> and, uh, oh, and, <coughs> stop. And uh, well, anyways. He decided he didn't want to. He didn't want to have a job like that. He was basically passed over for a promotion that he deserved. He'd been there, for, been at the company for years, and they just let him go at the drop of a hat and gave the promotion, gave the mission, uh, position to someone else that mm-hmm. had only been there for like six months. Mm-hmm. And he just didn't think it was right. It was basically workplace politics that made it happen. It was somebody that was a friend of the guy that was his manager that got mm-hmm. the promotion instead. And he decided, you know what, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take this crap. I'm gonna step out and do my own thing. And him and my mom just teamed up and made it happen. It was a thriving, it was a thriving business in under a year. That's awesome. But my dad, my dad can very much, in very much the same way, can fix just about anything too. Like you hand something broken to him. If he, if he finds something he can't, he brings it to me. But for the most part, he can, <laughs> he can himself. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I don't have like any kind of any family members with like a background like that at all. And I do I do enjoy coming across something that I, I do have to learn how to fix. Because then, like you said earlier, like you get to learn something new. But I, I don't have like a, a natural want to. Well, I think the thing that's fascinating about it to me is every time I learn something new, I figure out figure out another thing about reality and how it works. Uh, give me an example. Say, for instance, a broken electronic device. Most people open it up and they say, oh, wow, look, this, it's got a circuit board in it or whatever. And for all intents and purposes, it may as well be magic. But as you dig deeper into what it is, you realize that it's made up of a bunch of components like resistors, capacitors, transistors, diodes. And each one of those things does a specific task to make that circuit work. Like a resistor reduces the amount of electricity it's able to flow through the circuit capacitor stores up a charge and lets it go similar to a battery so it can act like a 
it can serve multiple purposes. It can store charge. It can act as a buffer. Think of it as like a spring in a, in a circuit. A transistor is a switch. It's a gate. A diode only lets electricity flow through it one way. Okay, but how are you how are you connecting this to what you just said, like reality? Like? <clears throat> layers and layers and layers down, you start realizing, all right, every, everything that's not working, there's some fundamental reason why it isn't. It could be a circuit or it could be a social situation. There's if, if you're having problems, say, with your parents or a boss or a friend, just like there could be something broken on a circuit board that makes the entire circuit not work, there could be something broken in a, in a social situation or a relationship that makes it not work. Hmm. And oh, as soon yeah. as you identify what that is, you've learned something, and it's something about reality, the state of things. Got it. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So fixing fixing things, it, it doesn't, it's not just, my interest in it isn't just about making a computer work or making an electronic device work or whatever. It's understanding just generally how things work and why, why they stop working. So like, only because I, I understand how women are, I understand to a certain extent. But for you to be like this, how do you have, how are you, how are you just like divorced twice? You know, like you, and uh, and it's the same thing for me. Like you would think that by now we have, we would have it figured out. Like we'd have like that person quote unquote, because of the way that we can be in a relationship with somebody and communicate and what we understand in our mind, you can give that to your partner in a relationship and they should probably, you would think would be very appreciative of it and want to stick it through because you're like that. But like, why? And and you can go into the, the second one, like we were from last night, if you want to. Mm -hmm. That makes more sense why that didn't work out because she had issues for sure. But what, what do you think that is? Like, I can honestly say I think almost every one of my relationships that have failed had a lot to do with my inability to cope with like just outside life stressors. Like I've I've constantly I think I, think I told you I, I left home when I was fifteen, mm -hmm. and uh, basically set out and everything that I have now is something that I worked for and earned myself. But that doesn't mean that I that doesn't mean that I didn't you know have to work my ass off or or stress about how I was going to make something happen when I needed to make it happen. Like I've I've been poor, I've been homeless, I've been hungry, I've been cold because I couldn't afford to pay the power bill, mm -hmm. or I couldn't afford to pay for, to to get the propane tank filled up outside for the for the central heating in the house. I mean, I've been through those things, and I I tend to just kind of knuckle down and push through it and be uncomfortable sure maybe I'm not as pleasant to be around and I don't really communicate like when I'm uncomfortable or stressed out or irritated about something I just keep it all to myself mm -hmm. and and for that matter in my most recent relationship me turning into a stone wall like that almost every time left my ex thinking that I had a problem with her. I was upset with her in some way. Yo, this is so fucking wild that you're saying what you're saying and, and that I do what I do with this because, like, fuck it. That, that's, like, you just... 
told me myself, like, that's me. That's so me. And me asking you that question, I completely see that in myself and why it is as a, like a few relationships haven't worked out for me too. Cause I, I do the same shit behind like outside stressors that have nothing to do with the relationship and then bottle them in like, and it causes problems when you're in one. Yeah. Cause what, like, you, what, sure. what ultimately ends up happening for me in, in my, my encounters is she'll take it that I'm angry with her in some way or I've got some, some resentment or I'm hiding something. Or, right, right. And she'll, she'll turn it in, in her head into something that it isn't. It's my fault that she is unaware. That is my fault that she doesn't know. Mm-hmm. So I can't be mad at her for it. But her reaction to whatever it is that she's assuming is going on is irritating as shit. Yes, that's that's the next level issue. She'll like for sure. nag and needle and mm-hmm. you know what's wrong. Talk about it. Tell me what's going on. What are you mm-hmm. doing? What are you hiding? Mm-hmm. And that annoys me. And my reaction to that is like, okay, sure. you're adding more stress. Definitely get away from me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I understand that, dude. <laughs> that's so that's so crazy. Wow. But that that's like that's like probably the best answer you could have given me on that one. Definitely makes sense. So like what, and you said this, so that's one character flaw, but I wanted to ask you earlier when you, when you mentioned it, like what are some other character flaws that you, that you think that you found in yourself? I have a tendency to take on other people's problems when I shouldn't. I, I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's entirely accurate, but I get why I've had this thrown at me a few times. People say I have a hero complex. I don't mm-hmm. think I do, mm-hmm. but I do try to, I do tend to. I do tend to jump into other people's situations and issues and I mean oftentimes I help but I'm putting myself in a in a position where I'm now partly responsible for the outcome of their problem. Mm-hmm. And that's probably caused me more problems than anything in my entire life. That makes sense. At the same time though, I mean I see it I see it as a character flaw, but at the same time a lot of the friendships that I have, and I consider I consider them to be very real friendships. I mean, sure, I know a lot of people, and I have, in my opinion, a lot of friends, but I think of them as real friendships because I've invested in them as people. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't have a lot of those friendships, I wouldn't have a lot of those connections if I didn't meddle. So it's, it's kind of a trade-off. It's something that I probably should yeah, do less, yeah, but at sure. the same time, it's... It's, you grow it's a lot of good relationships out of being that way, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, my character flaws: the lack, lack of communication, like not not opening up, and for that matter, asking for help when when I'm under a heavy load. Mm-hmm. I tend to just I tend to be a person who does everything myself. Like if there's something I don't know, I learn it. If there's something I I need, I get it. I don't right. look to anybody else for it. I get it myself and my that that lack of communication can be frustrating to other people and it keeps them from being able to cooperate and collaborate with me um so that's interesting because you're you you're like you used to be a marine right no i was army army soldier so that's interesting because like you have to have a certain level of like like a mindset about like your team 
or your squad or whatever. Like, I don't know what the proper term is. Sure, squad. Yeah, yeah. and it's like, these character flaws, did they cause issues in that in that part of your life, in that field? No. Because you can't, you can't have those these specific character flaws with uh, something that's serious when it's your life and, and your team's lives at stake behind that kind of, that, that, that kind of thing, you know what I mean? Sure. Um, I, I think the, the, the difference there is the, the sorts of cooperation and collaboration that, that are necessary in that field mm-hmm. are entirely different. We're, you're communicating about the task at hand, and everyone has that task. Like, it's the team project, and it's got to happen, so you have to communicate mm. about your position in that team project. And then the, the cooperation and you know, interfering in other people's problems Mm-hmm. That's just it, you're all working towards the same the common same goal. Thing. Yeah, it's not. It's not really the same. Yeah, it's not the same thing. It's not mm-hmm. the same thing as like a, a, a personal relationship with someone where you have no idea where you're headed. Either there's, it's not a. It is still a, co- a cooperative project, but you're not necessarily. It's not as planned out. It's not. It's not as deterministic of a of a goal you're trying to reach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I feel that. Word. I mean, when you're when when you're in the military, it's it's a job. You're, you're getting paid to do it, and if you don't do the job well, you don't get paid to do it. When it comes to you know personal life, if you don't if you don't do your job well, you don't eat. Mm-hmm. If you don't if you don't work your ass off and and just muscle through regular life, and for that matter, knowing where your next dollar comes from is is not always as obvious. When you're employed by someone, you know that you do your job. For that employer, and you get compensated for it, hopefully. Mm-hmm. But when it's all up to you to figure it out, it's not—it's not like you can really ask anybody else for uh, for the answer. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> or maybe you can. I mean, that's probably where I've gone wrong. Is I—I should right, I have exactly, asked. That, that's exactly what like you were just yeah. That's your you just spoke it right there. Yeah, exactly what you were just talking about. Because yeah. you technically can, you just have to like be present to like know that you're you're doing that thing. Yeah, see, <laughs> recognize recognize in the moment that yeah. oh shit, I'm falling into this death spiral again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is fucking death spiral. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, dude. Interesting. Interesting shit. I, I like I don't have him formulated my next thought or question yet. That happens. <laughs> still, still soaking it in. <laughs> that happens sometimes, yeah, for sure. Yeah, man. Um. So. Connections with people. We 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 were we were prob- like it, it went it went off topic topic, but that was actually like all pretty spot on still. I don't know how we managed to do that. I mean, it, fortunately, it's a broad enough topic that yeah, we can dance around it a little bit and still be in the general vicinity. How? Um... Well, I'll tell you one of the reasons why I even wanted to talk about the the connections between people thing is it's it's actually exactly what I'm working on right now. It's that that project I've been talking yeah. about mm-hmm. for as long as time. For as long as for as long as civilization has existed, or just people interacting with each other, people make and make and grow and break connections. But everyone 
and, and those connection those connections you know historically they drift in and out I mean there's no way to pin there's no way to you know there's no way to, to save the state of that like for instance the if you if you wanted to send if you wanted to send a message to someone back in say medieval times, I mean they didn't have like a postal service. I mean they had couriers or they had you know mm -hmm. horseback riders who would deliver urgent messages or something like that. Or actually for that matter, they had people who just ran. You would hand them a letter and they would run to the destination. That's fucking wild, but yeah, <laughs> it's true. It's crazy. Yo, really? I've never heard that one before. Yeah, just and, actually, on foot. Uh, and oftentimes it would kill the messenger. Like the message, I fucking bet, dude. Like, they, it's like they what? wouldn't survive the trip. Yeah. Well, they would get there. They would make it to the destination, but just die of fatigue afterwards. Dehydration, fatigue. Not not every time, but a, that was a thing that was known to happen. Yo, that's crazy, man. But if you wanted, if you wanted to remain connected to someone far, far away, you had to know where they were. You had to know their name. You had to make sure that people in that general area knew of them and knew where they were. And then you had to send that message and hope that it eventually got to them. And then maybe you would get something that's the, akin to a red receipt on a modern phone where you know, you'd, hear, you'd hear back, yes, your message was successfully delivered. And as time has gone on, we've, you know, we've developed a postal system where we're able to you know, actually write down an address and know that it's... it's Sent and then delivered to that to mm -hmm. that person directly, and then you have things like you know delivery confirmation where you can find out that it actually got delivered. You have you know mail tracking where you can you know track the the code of the package and find out you know how far or how close to its destination is it. And then we we've, we've got telephones. Oh, there were telegrams, telephones where we were able to you know directly dial someone else and remain in touch. And that started out as you know, you had to be either near near your house if you had you know, near your house to be called directly, or you had an answering machine that someone left a message and you would call them back. But then that's a, a game of phone tag if they're not sitting near their phone at the time. Mm -hmm. And there were pagers mm -hmm. where you know you could let somebody know that you you needed to talk to them. They could go to a pay phone and connect with you. But then it got to the point where we had these cell phones in our pocket and we're just always connected immediately, directly. Mm -hmm. And it's funny to see all these different communication styles just change because now it's gotten to the point where it's annoying to get a phone call. It's like, why didn't you just text me? You stopped me from doing what I was doing in my day, and now I'm having to talk to you on the phone. Just, just text me. But it's funny that you say that and that people do think like that, but it's not even like the phone call really stopped them from what they were doing in the day because so did the text message. If you have to stop, read it, and think about your response, you still got stopped from what you were doing. Sure, but yeah. we could be having a conversation right now that I, I can't have a phone conversation because I'm talking, I'm, I'm talking to you, mm -hmm. that I could be texting someone right now, That's and true. it not interfere in our conversation without disclosing to you what I'm texting. Yeah, yeah. That's another thing about phone calls I, I find kind of irritating is maybe I don't want to talk about what you want to talk to me about in front of all the people I'm in front of right now. That's true too. Yeah. And that, that's when you just like hit them with the like, they'll call you back later or some shit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. But it's so it's so I guess what's so interesting is just how much how much all of these additional technologies and communication methods and connection methods have just made the world seem a little smaller like i can call someone in australia right now i doubt they'd answer this hour but i mean i could mm -hmm. yeah definitely with ease yeah 
That's yeah. So it's a fact that you say that because like I recently started like doing podcast episodes with people in the UK just on Zoom because of like, and that's just another like level or a platform for for communication. Also, just it's just that easy. It's literally that easy. Mm-hmm. What do you think is like? What do you think is the next? thing or, or level especially like with everything that you do you may be able to see it what it is but the next level in like communication for us actually i was talking to somebody about this last night I, i'm not sure if you were sitting there for this part of it you might not have been there but um take a look at take a look at the internet you, you got like web 1.0 the, the the original web was the original web was um, basically a place of unknown possibility, and the people who put web pages up or created content for the internet, they created like a Yahoo GeoCities website or something, and they had to learn a little bit about HTML and CSS to be able to put content up. But for the most part, the web was read-only. You would put up people would put up content, and then other people would look at it. Mm-hmm. And they, I mean, you had guest books. I don't know how much of the early internet you remember, but they, you had guest books where people would go and put it, put down their email in the guest book saying they came to your website. And there was visitor counters. You could see how many times a, a person mm-hmm. visited a page. No, I've never seen that. Well, that, that was Web 1. Web 2.0, the, like a, a fundamental change to the way the internet worked was when things like MySpace and Facebook came out. And AOL and shit? Well... AOL was, AOL was still Web 1. That was still 1, yeah. But, I mean, AOL existed through Web 2 as well. Mm-hmm. But the, the fundamental change was that now the web was not so much read-only. You could comment on something. You didn't have to know how to code to be able to contribute content. You could just go to a web app like mm-hmm. Facebook and create an account using the features of it and then post pictures, post comments, post yeah. messages, and so on. So the, the web was no longer a read-only medium that people explored, it became something that people contributed to. Mm-hmm. Well, Web3, which isn't, it doesn't, it's not a thing yet, but I think the fundamental thing that'll be different about Web3 is how user-centric the web will be. Instead of the web being places you go, like things you go to, the web will, web will be content brought, brought instead to you. It'll be more, it'll be, it'll be less about, you know, logging into something like Facebook or using some giant app and more about just the underlying connectivity of mm-hmm. people with people and the content that they produce and content that they consume. No one, not, not, there won't be anyone These, as in control of it as has been in Web 2.0. So then that, that can go a lot of different ways, like both positively and negatively too, but like where... I was about to ask you, like, God, that's a lot. You just like my, cause my now my wheels are really fucking turning behind that. But well, there's another logical pro- progression beyond that. What would Web 4.0 look like? Exactly. And I, I tell you what I think it would look like. I mean, I, I could be wildly wrong, but I mean, I think Web 3.0 is going to be more about the user, kind of like Spotify is like Radio 3.0. I mean, there was Radio 1 where mm-hmm. there were broadcasters. Radio 2 was where, you know, phone lines were introduced and you, people could call in and request songs and talk to the radio sh- talk show hosts. Mm-hmm. Radio 3 is essentially Spotify where the user can curate what they want to listen to when they want to hear it. 
Well, so Web3 is user-centric like that, where it's curated to the user as opposed to the user just participating in a community. Well, Web 4.0, in my opinion, would be basically humanity adding a feature to itself. We would become the web. It's... Holy fuck. Yo, that's... Go ahead, continue. We're plugged in. Mm-hmm. Once we get to the point where we're plugged in, it's the internet, the web, just becomes a feature of humanity. No, no longer a tool we use, but something we are. Mm. That's crazy. This is what I was about to ask you a second ago. Do you think because of the direction that you just said with us not having to to go sought out the content and shit like that and then just being ready and available and coming to us, that that, that, that mindset or that thought would eliminate a platform like Google? Well, no, I think, honestly, I think the the underlying technologies of what Google is would just become more seamless. Instead of going to Google, that's just going to be, that that content surfacing would just be a trait of how the internet works. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Instead Instead of going to a particular web page or a web application, instead, you're... Your, your interaction and use of the, of the web and, and connected technologies like that would be less, there would be less borders between them, less separation. Mm-hmm. Think of an operating system on your computer. You, you know, your computer's got Microsoft Word or something, and then you've got your calculator, and you've got file transfer or code editing or, in this case, recording software. Mm-hmm. These, are, these are all independent programs that you, you pull into an operating system. Well, at some point, the, the internet becomes a more like a very large operating system where instead of it being a bunch of independent apps, they're all just features of the overall operating system. Yeah, that's wild. That, that is, that's wild. I wonder how... Um, I wonder how like brands will continue to stay relevant and, and grow within this like 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 Apple, Samsung like and, and and anything else who's been around like with the internet for a while now. Well there all, there will I mean? always be these companies for instance brands like Apple that that create create the tools and devices that we use to interact with this. Yeah. But I mean take for instance Apple's a perfect example actually take for instance the uh the ipod Mm -hmm. they made those they made that tool to serve a purpose for listening to music but nobody uses an ipod anymore we don't need to Mm -hmm. that device is irrelevant because now another device that the same company moved on to make the phone the iphone Mm -hmm. does what the ipod did yeah i mean sure there's probably still people out there that use a dedicated music player instead of you know tampering with a phone Maybe they maybe they just want to have an iPod in their car and they plug it in. They, mm-hmm. they don't want it tied to their phone. I would still enjoy an iPod myself. I think I probably would too. I yeah. might actually get one, just to, just to have a standalone thing that its purpose just is purpose, music. Just its purpose music. is just music. Yeah. But I mean, things like things like a laptop. I mean, at a certain point, what 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 happens when we have augmented reality glasses, like actual just simple frames or, or something mm-hmm. similar that's not as not as bulky as a, as a physical laptop. And you don't actually have to have a physical laptop to be able to see the physical laptop in front of you. It doesn't have to be there. Yeah, exactly. You put the glasses on. And it's and like you're sitting, it's, you're sitting in front of your computer, yeah. It may as well be a real physical device because you're still able to interact with it just as smoothly mm-hmm. as if it was. 
Mm-hmm. But it's not actually there in reality. Yeah. But someone still has to make that device. Mm-hmm. Some brand is still going to, to, to make that. And then there's always going to be the Samsung out there that's going to think they can make it better. Yeah. And that's what's going to constantly drive forward the, the quality of the, the products that consumers get is that competition between companies that think they can each do it better. Yeah. And that adds to like what I asked you about the next, the next level of like communication once you get to like having like a pair of glasses or something like that too. Like you're, like you said, you just not even have to touch your computer. You don't even have to touch your phone at that point. Yeah. You don't need a phone anymore. Like you're just. Cause your, your phone is nothing but a feature of this augmented reality so operating system. Do, do you know much about the science behind why or how, our eyes and our brains will be able to run something like that while it's while we're wearing it on our face. Well, there's a there's a few. I mean, there's obviously a, several companies out there trying to solve that problem, but there's a few different approaches to it. Like one of the one of the approaches is br- brain machine interfaces, mm-hmm. uh, BMIs, which is uh like what Neuralink is that product that Tesla's working on. Or not Tesla. Um, Elon Musk is working yeah. on with Neuralink. Yeah. But um. That's basically a, a thing that gets embedded into the brain. It's, it's like an intrusive surgery to, to put it in. But it le- it lets them read from neural activity and, <clears throat> and they'd be able, to be able to provide feedback to, to, the, to the neurons as well. So it's like read and write interaction with, with a person's brain directly. So they use, they use like artificial neural networks like machine learning to try to decipher mm-hmm. what the user's intentions are from from the, that interface from the from the neurons firing mm-hmm. and then the next uh, logical step is trying to figure use machine learning or something similar to tr- try to figure out how to put information back into the person's brain in a way that the brain won't will receive it and understand yeah. it be able to use it and obviously right now <clears throat> the me- the methods and mechanisms they're using are extremely low bandwidth I mean they can basically like move a dot around on a screen by thinking but in reality there's in order for that to be really really useful we need to be able to think the sentence the quick frown fox jumped over the lazy dog or whatever and the computer be able to interpret those brain signals and write that sentence yeah but the fact that we can even just we're already at a point where we can do what you just said and like move a dot around on the screen with our eyes is already impressive though it it exists like that's the thing they uh, Neuralink actually Im- embedded one of these brain machine interfaces in a in a monkey, mm-hmm. and they they had it hooked up. They had like a s- little straw with like a banana treat or whatever that he could like drink from, and you get like a, a reward every time he did did the right thing. Mm-hmm. And it was a joystick, mm-hmm. so the they had this monkey playing pong. So like the the computer's playing yeah. one side and the ball's bouncing around, and he just moves the joystick around to control the pong paddle. Mm-hmm. Well, they embed this. BMI into his into his brain, and they have him play, and they're recording his his brain activity as he's playing pong. Mm-hmm. Well, then once they've got enough information, they still have him playing with the joystick, but the joystick is not actually what's controlling it anymore. He's moving the joystick, but it's his thoughts that are actually causing the paddle to move from place to place to play the game. Well, then they did this. This already a thing. The next thing they did, the next thing they did was they still gave him his banana treats, but they took the joystick away, and now he's just sitting there watching the screen, playing pong, eating his banana treats. What the fuck? And it's real. It's a thing that they've already done. They've proven that it works. It's nuts. That's insane, dude. 
that's the kind of shit that, that gets you going and probably keeps you in the, the field that you're yeah. in. Sure. That, that would get me into the shit, too. Like, cause that's so interesting. That's so interesting. Well, that's the thing. One of the things I'm most excited about right now is quantum computing. Because it's just going to be such a game changer. Like right now, right now, what we have is, I mean, essentially Turing computing, which is everything happens in sequence. Like, take for instance, you're trying to solve a math problem or an equation with variables. Mm-hmm. You have to solve it in steps. You you take the equation, you you know rearrange the rearrange the variables, rearrange the elements of the equation, and you solve it a step at a time to come out to you know, the answer. Mm-hmm. Well, that's exactly what a, a regular computer is doing. I mean, we have multi-core processors and stuff like quad-core and eight-core processors. So computers can do several operations in parallel simultaneously, but for the most part, everything is step by step on a, on a regular computer. And the reason this, the reason I'm bringing this up is because things like machine learning and neural networks and and what we're using to actually interact with well AI, which is uh, that's basically what the the BMI the the neural networks that are being used to interpret the brain machine interface signals. Mm-hmm. Are they're having to use these systems, these computers that are that are stuck having to solve things a step at a time? With quantum computing, it doesn't work that way at all. It's not. <clears throat> it's never going to just out and out replace a Turing computer because that sequence, that sequence process of solving things and doing things is intuitive to humans. It's how we operate. So we need we need an interface like that to be able to to work with it. But the quantum computing is able to solve. That equation, you plug in that equation a certain way, and there's no steps. It's your an- you just have your answer. It's instant. You plug in. You pl- it's it's basically. I I can give you actually a better example, a much easier example. Take I get ma- what you're saying, but that's a lot to process, though. Take a maze. You've got a you've got like a maze drawn on paper, right? Mm-hmm. Well, with a with with a standard computer, you can you can create a program that's that's an algorithm for solving a maze. And basically, it has to go through a certain number of sequences to figure out the path through the maze. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it just it solves the maze using a step-by-step process. Right. With a quantum computer and an algorithm written to run on a quantum computer, you plug in the maze and you instantly have the solution for the maze. It's able to try all of the paths at the same time. Instead of it having to solve, Yo, it, solve it one at a time. the fuck? This is already a thing, too? Mm-hmm. Jesus, man. And that's the crazy part. This is what this is what's got me excited about it. Quantum programming is entirely different. Different than regular, than, than regular programming because yeah, it can't be the same at all. Well, here's the here's and the then thing. And that's right? exciting <coughs> to you because you're learning something new. Yeah, when you're writing when you're writing a program that that runs on a regular Turing computer, you're you're writing you you having to think about the problem as all right, at first I need to do this, then I need to do this, then I need to do this. When you write a quantum program, you think of when I do this, it affects all of these other things. So it's an entirely different style of thinking to produce yeah. a program for a quantum computer. Whoa, for sure. Because the other style you have to, if it, the other style it is step by step, your thought process has to go step by step in order to create it. So here's a. But for something that de- isn't step by step, your, your thought process won't be step by step. It's just going to be a quantum kind of thought process. So just like the, here, the maze is a perfect example of, of what I was going to say next with regular Turing computers, take something like encryption and breaking encryption. Think of it as a scrambled code to solve it. You have to basically try every iteration one at a time to figure out what the code is to be able to break the encryption with quantum computing, you plug in the maze 
and it tries all of them all at the same time instantly and it just has your answer. Mm -hmm. You know what the code is just because you plugged the problem in correctly. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's the kinds of problems we're going to be able to solve in no time that once quantum computing becomes mainstream. Right, for sure. It's just going to unlock so many advancements. Protein folding, uh, DNA sequencing, uh, medication design, and figuring out how to mm. put, together, put together a drug or a, a medicine that's going to produce this output, this mm -hmm. result on a protein. Mm -hmm. Those problems right now are having to be solved step by step by step by supercomputers, whereas once quantum computing is common, they'll plug in what they want as the result and the machine will spit out what they what they need to make. That's that's like fucking that's so that's wild, bro. It's kinda like the three D printer, like this is the you just tell it what you want it to make and it just fucking does its thing. Mm -hmm. Yo, wow, whoa, like fucking that's that's crazy, dude. I, you know, the, the, the price points that these things are going to be set at when they when they add these to computers is going to be fucking ridiculous. And the things that, like, back to the brand thing, the things that, like, a brand like Apple will be able to do with that kind of technology with what they've already been doing is going to be stupid. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or is that... Or is that, that makes me wonder. That, that actually, what you said there makes me wonder if, if, some, if something is fundamentally... It's such a fundamental breakthrough that wouldn't squash the usefulness of of Apple of, just, of common devices. Yeah, yeah. In general, yeah, you're right. I mean, if it's some, if it's something that became a you know integrated feature of Apple devices or something, then of course their brand I guess still remains relevant. But at some point, Apple isn't going to be making hardware anymore. What are, what do they do then? Are they are they just designers of you know? Part of the experience, the, the the virtual reality, the augmented reality, things mm. that we encounter on, on whatever the the next version of the web is. I don't know. That's yeah, you're yeah. Because what is whoa? Yeah, for sure. What's their next step past making? The yeah, the at some hardware? point, at some point, we don't need any more hardware. It's kind of like you 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 buy you buy your last device and then you never need another one. Mm-hmm. I just thought of something really wild with that too. It's like, it's like you you eventually people like the need or the 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 skill or the skill set of learning to play an instrument. I feel like things like that will just like kind of die down. Do you do you agree with that? Like, if you can think about it this way. I mean, if, if we're, you, we get to the point where we can download data into our brains, think of it as like Neo learning Kung Fu in a matter of seconds. Exactly. So you can just really learn how to play a guitar. Oh, well, there will always be those communities of people who are in, more in or like, less the purists, the naturalists. <coughs> in who, no time. Who refuse to learn it that way because they like the process of learning <coughs> the good old-fashioned way. Yeah, for sure. And But like with that too, what I was going to say is like, you not only would probably be able to learn it in no time, you probably wouldn't need to learn it at all. Because that, like, the technology is already in, in, like, programs to make music with right now that, that make the same sounds that instruments do. Uh, but yeah, then but once I... you add that to the, just being able to do it from your brain, then you can probably produce music without even need to touch the instrument or learn how to do it at all. You already can do that. Something like Fruity Loops, Fruity yeah, Loops yeah, and yeah, samples exactly. and stuff like that. But... but along with the topic that we're talking about, you won't even need to touch the hardware anymore. 
the instrument or the or or the the, the device like oh you know yeah what I mean? yeah so you I see what you're saying yeah instead of yeah you would be that would be something available to you mm-hmm. I mean probably but I still I still say I still say that that there would always be the people the who, people that just want to do it the traditional way because yeah. if, if there weren't the moment mm-hmm. those people go away the the moment people who choose to create things the the artistically explorative way mm-hmm. artistic creativity goes away it yeah, dies it dies for sure because the only content you ever encounter is something that was downloaded straight to you mm-hmm. how to make it so your style your individual flair is something is someone else's it's not even your own discovery yeah, non-existent yeah for sure well fuck man There's so many interesting lanes of thought that this should have sent me down. And that was a good one for sure, especially instruments. Like you just said with like Neo and the fucking martial arts, like you could just learn how to fight. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know Kung Fu. <laughs> so like that, it's like we went, we went into like a, a real like technical part of the conversation, but like that, all of this, the way things are going right now, the connections with people and like the way people even perceive or want to have connections with people is already dumbing the fuck down. Like as you, like social media, all of this shit, like in front of our face all the time, blah, blah, blah. But what we're talking about makes me worry about that a little bit more because and there's been so many movie adaptations about it too. It's like, where are we going to be at as humanity and how are the connections with people going to like even look like or be the same? Okay. Once you get to that point. Okay, well, in my opinion, if we stay on the course, if we stay the course that we're, that we're on right now, with, with you know, the, the connections, the conversations between people dumbing down, we're doomed. I think that there's a massive rejuvenation coming. Like, there's, there's going to be, the thing that comes next is going to greatly improve people's ability to connect with each other and I fucking hope so well that's the thing I mean we we're on a dead end path if we if we stay the way we're doing it <clears throat> I hope so man people people's desire to exist is just gonna die off mm-hmm. we need we need something that's going to keep people driven excited about what's coming next yeah and, rather than the doom, the doom and gloom that we're in right now mm-hmm. cause we were just talking earlier about the you know that gray, that gray shade over over everybody on Thanksgiving. Because <clears throat> you weren't the only one that, for one, felt that, and then mm-hmm. heard other people say that that's that's what it was for them. It's mm-hmm. it's just it's like there's a shadow over everything right now. Yeah. It's fucking. It's it's so weird, man. And we are a part of. We're we're a part of pushing pushing what we're talking about and helping like humanity out of it. To be honest with you, like, in the small in the smallest things that we've created and that we're like wanting to create, for sure we help we help that cause. But like, damn, dude. Well, I mean, the way I see it, I, I think I think I think I've got an even better example of what what it seems like it is these days. You know, during a like a solar eclipse. Mm-hmm. When the moon's right in front of the sun, mm-hmm. that eerie light, like everything's got that weird orange cast and everything just looks weird, yeah. feels weird. It's mm-hmm. just odd. We're in a spot like that just in, in life and in reality. 
Yeah. Everyone is. The whole world. It, but it's a passing thing. It's something that it's something that as soon as the as soon as the moon continues on its way, yeah, everything's back to bright and sunny again. We but just we we just need to we need to realize that our it can be it can be bright and sunny again. This is a this can be a passing thing, or if we stay in the mindset, might as well just pin the moon there forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, that's what's, like, interesting to me about that, too, is, like, even with what we're talking about with technology, even further dumbing that down, it's, like, there's still, there's a growing amount of, like, hatred and appreciation for for trauma and violence and aggression versus, like, love growing. So that makes me think, too, like, if people are, if every, it goes with all of the gloom, like, people would literally not only have to change themselves while this like acceleration of technology is happening in order for what we're talking about to even be a thing because there's there's so much of like just there's there's so negativity is what it is there's so much negativity versus their actual like love and positivity out there currently right and here's there's something there's something to be said about that i don't necessarily think that this is something that's going to require a fundamental shift in how people are because that doesn't happen. People don't fundamentally change. Like, humanity is is and always is exactly the same. It's humanity. The problem is our, our sources of media, our sources of influence, the big players. They get to choose what we talk about. They get to choose what we see. They get to choose what stresses us out, what makes they us feel that gloom. They choose how people speak. They choose how people speak. They choose how people speak. They choose who to silence, whose content has reach, whose doesn't. Mm-hmm. That's the source of the gloom. That is. That is the source. It is not humanity. It is not humanity caring any more or any less. Yeah, word. It's. It's the what. Big, it's the it's the information that's being given. Mm-hmm. To yeah, the that's very that's very true. And like with that, I'll say like I noticed this like. This past week is like a perfect example of what we're talking about. Um, the, as far as the way that people speak, like literally, people decide to change as a whole group and like to a, like a, a more mass level now, in the way that they they speak, even down to like what people appreciate and want in their relationship with somebody romantically. All changes for everybody at the same time now. But the main example that I, I realized like the past week or two is that all of a sudden out of nowhere, everybody is going from saying dog to doggo. Have you have you heard that? That's weird. Isn't that weird? And it's like I've heard DT is one of them, but I've heard so many other people in on social media tweets, captions under like shit like with people's dog like videos, all this shit, and now it's doggo. It's like it's oh, it's like, like a, it's almost like a subconscious sub a subconscious viral spread. Yes, but that happens so often. Like you have to be present to it, and that's what I mean. While like they change the way that we speak, because what it's like it happens out of nowhere, and the next thing you know, thousands of people are replacing this word with that word, and then like wouldn't slang that, is accelerated. Wouldn't that be wild if that was like actually intentional? I think that it, it is. I think it is. I don't think people are not aware of when it's happening though. They just go with the shift and and calling so this thing a different thing now. 
it's like it's essentially mass mind control yeah pretty much so yeah I mean if it is intentional that's scary for sure but even if it's not it could be recognized and become intentional mm-hmm. <laughs> I was I was telling uh a friend of mine last night, I think you were there for this, something I something I created that I decided to delete, or at least lock away. Is it, I, I opted to not let anybody have it. Mm-hmm. I made a, I made a really creepy program, and it's, what it does is, I can, I can, I can sit you down at a computer, and I can have you type in your name. You're about to say something wild. I'm sure you are. You hit you hit save, and then I, I, I put a couple put a couple paragraphs up on the screen, and I have you type that paragraph. All you do is just you, you read the paragraph and you type it. Well, then say I sit down, I type my name in, hit save, and then I, I do the exact same thing. I type the paragraph, and we have a couple more people do it. Type put their name in, type the paragraph, and then we through some random selection method like a coin flip or something say all right. You go back over to the computer and type the paragraph. You can do as much as you want to try to to try to throw it off, but I can still tell which one of us typed the paragraph just by the way you typed it. First of all, I don't I don't see what's so creepy about this, and then two, I just feel like it's a it's, digital fingerprint. It's I can identify who you are anywhere. It doesn't matter what keyboard you typed it on. That's the creepy part. That's that is, but like it's, it's dangerous. I, I need to understand the science behind that because for me, my understanding so far is it's as simple as like you might have a part of the program that's recording how many words per minute or something like that it's more for than each that. individual person, and then you can pinpoint whose it was based on that. It's more than that, but it's simpler than that. It's when you push the key, how long you held it down, and how long you held it down before you push the next key. Then when you let go of it, and those those sequences yeah, are distinct, distinct per person. It's not how many words. I could I could probably do it with a sentence that's five words. It's like long. it's like advanced settings into that of that. Yeah. Wow. But that's all it's recording is this key went down, then this one went down. You held this key down a little longer while you still had this while this one was going down. Because I can tell when you push down, when you lift it up. And the underlying algorithm is, is able to Find the pattern in that. Create the fingerprint that distinctly identifies that it was you. Not how fast you typed it. And that's why I said you can stop, you can try to mess with it if you want to, but there are certain behaviors, certain habits, mm-hmm. certain ways you type dog or doggo mm-hmm. that identify you. So the same the same way that you can and this is the reason I even mentioned this at all is because the same way that you can find who it is who a person is. If you know if you know the underlying the underpinning things to a person's identity, you can influence that. You can change it too. There's probably mm-hmm. there's probably a way to take that just that just that identity uh, tool further. You might actually be able to figure out what a person is like from the way they type. But I feel how, like that's how, already what kind happening. of person they are. I feel like that's already happening with how you mentioned like the bigger players in the algorithms that they create on social media platforms now. It's there. They've already studied the science of of humanity's brain process and what we're all what we're all doing. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm aware that the even the thing I made, somebody else made it too. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted no part of it. I was like, I don't want, I don't want the creation of this being associated with me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. 
But yeah, that, that, that's definitely got to be already a thing. That's, that's wild, dude. That you even can make something like that. Spend a lot of time thinking. Fucking and I'm almost always looking for something something new to create. Something What fucking useful. what other cool should it be created? Um well I've got an app that, that's I've got a prototype of it. It's not fully it's not fully operational yet, but uh I think you might think this one's cool. Uh, I called it Optic. And it's a camera app. So you take your take your phone out, and as soon as you open the app, the app immediately starts recording. So, and the, the thinking there is that it's it's easy to delete something that you didn't want, then you know miss a moment that you were trying to record. So automatically starts recording. Hmm. And it's also taking that full quality video and breaking it into chunks, uploading those video chunks to the server and removing them from your device. So think of it as like a live feed, a live stream, but full quality. Essentially, you can record until your phone battery dies, and it eats up no space on your device, so you don't have to worry about no running storage. out of space. No storage, yeah. It does more than that. So the, the idea there is you can immediately start recording, and you can record for as long as you want. It doesn't take up space. Uh, in the background, as soon as the video starts recording, it starts synchronizing with the time server to figure out exactly when you hit that, when it, when it started recording. Mm-hmm. When in time. It's recording, it's, it's working that out, because that time sync takes a moment to actually get a, you know, precise, perfect match on exactly when the recording began. It's recording camera, microphone, for, for phones that have it, barometric pressure. It's recording the GPS location. It's recording device movement, the accelerometer, the gyroscope. Mm-hmm. Recording all of these elements, the, the magnetometer, so you can know the, the vid- part of the recording is, you know, what your compass bearing, which direction you're you, facing. I was with you until magnetometer. I have no idea what the fuck that is. A magnetometer is essentially a compass. It's the, okay. it's the, it's the electronic version of a compass. So mm-hmm. it's able to it's able to figure out northeast, southwest. Got you. It's um, the thing that it's in the phone. That's the thing that's in the phone that when you need to do like this with it to recalibrate like your compass on the phone or your GPS, or whatever you're using, that's what makes that a thing. Well, actually, that's a, that's three different things. There's three different devices, and it's actually. They, they're usually combined in one package, and they're called an IMU, an inertial measurement unit. Um, <clears throat> so there's the, the accelerometer, and what that does is it's a three-axis accelerometer, and it's able to determine device acceleration, like from a standstill acceleration here, like forward, mm-hmm. back, left, right, mm-hmm. up, down. Mm-hmm. It's the X, Y, Z axes. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that measures acceleration. Gyroscope measures position like uh like rolling the phone around like yeah. t- twisting motions mm-hmm. and it's basically it's, it's just like a ship gyroscope it's 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 a circuit that's able to detect that this, this fixed point in space is here and this device the device has moved around that point so the gyroscope determined determines pivoting movements mm-hmm. a magnetometer is able to pick up the Earth's magnetic field and determine which direction the phone is facing, like which, what the compass bearing of the device is. So those three devices together are calibrated together and, and measure movement of the phone. Dude, like, and that's just, that's just me asking you what's behind you having to recalibrate your fucking on your compass app. Like, it's, it's three things you described that has one fucking function on everything that these fucking devices do. Yeah. Like, 
How how long do you think it, it takes to to like make an iPhone? I would be surprised if it takes. You mean to design one or to to like actually like produce. physically like produce one? I'm somewhere around an hour. That's crazy. To make to make to make each individual, they make all the they have all the components ready made, but mm-hmm. like actually assembling it onto the board, stamping it, you know, putting everything into the package, putting it together, probably about an hour to put one together from scratch, like all of the individual electronic components. Because then, they, then you got quality assurance testing too. <coughs> that's like they do so much more than what we were just talking about. There's so much more that goes into that shit that people never probably even fucking think about. I know, and the coolest part about that is that. <clears throat> That one, that sensor that does, that, that's job is to do that, mm-hmm. the inertial measurement unit. Mm-hmm. That's, it's only doing that. All it's doing is measuring inertia, but look at all the things you can do with that. Look at all the ways that's useful. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's just a, it's a sensor that's able to provide information that you can use in any number of ways. So back to what I was saying with optic. It, so it's, it's recording the audio, the video. Yeah. It's working out exactly when the the video began recording and it's also recording as much sensor data as it can possibly grab and it's, it's storing that in essentially another track you've got the audio channel or the audio feed you've got the the audio channels you have the video layer of it mm-hmm. from the from camera recording and then there's another tr- track in there of sensor data all of that's getting uploaded too and it's private i mean the, it's it's a private recording unless you choose to make it public but here's where it's useful so let's say we're at a concert or actually a better yet a, a sporting event and we're all we're all sitting in seats around the stadium or something we're all holding our phone up recording mm-hmm. well let's say we're all using optic and it's recording what's going on down at the field well all of these different devices are in different places facing different directions and they all are recording all the sensor data along with it and what direction they're facing and they know exactly when each individual video started so all of this is getting uploaded and let's say they make these videos public and you watch you watch one point of view you you're going you can, you can see you, all of you can, you can see little you can see little jump dots little blue dots where other cameras are mm-hmm. and let's say let's somebody, some, somebody's blocking your view of this from this angle you can tap that tap dot that, to jump to that to camera jump to angle. that it's like it's like 360 or panoramic kind of view. Oh, it's, it's, it's like next, it's the next level. Like, yeah. Well, that's the thing. That's gets, fucking fire. <clears throat> gets better. That's fucking fire. I haven't built this part yet. Jesus, dude. I haven't built this part yet, but the uh, the next level there is depending on how many camera angles you have up that, that are converging on a, on a certain point. You can plug that into, you know, plug that into a server, for instance, that with software set up to, to render a three-dimensional virtual reality scene at that moment mm-hmm. if you have enough camera angles you can render a 3d scene so that you can actually record that three-dimensionally so you can watch it on a two-dimensional two-dimensional level jump from place to place mm-hmm. but eventually you could take that footage because all the sensor data is included and you can use like that you, footage like again to make a, cooler a, things yeah like the way you take a 3d tour of an apartment or some shit or a house uh-huh. on a website mm-hmm. that's fucking ridiculous and then you can just watch the whole fucking game or show, just or like concert or, or concert or whatever the fuck, mm-hmm. and choose where you're standing. And then, can you even like go further and like take an image from that and then print it on something like this? 
Well, I mean, once it's if it were if it were, let's say it were rendered down to a three D model, yeah, yeah, you take take the three D model and you put and it then, and put it into a, a sli- program called Slicers. And what a slicer does is it breaks it into the layers and in the instruction into the in, the G code instructions that a mm-hmm. printer uses to print that three D model. And then you go you could pretty much <clears> like you could pretty much print a good bit of like the venue that you were at the show you were seeing in the crowd there. Yeah, think about it. You could. I mean, it wouldn't be hard like to find a three D model. It wouldn't be hard to find a three D model of a stadium. For that matter, make make one using drones running the software. Dude, like you could fucking people would buy the fuck out of that. Yeah, that's like a, a, a moment like, in the game captured as a 3D yeah, print. So, yeah. so, so-and-so catching a Hail Mary. Yeah, exactly, dude. Where all the other players were standing, what and positions or, they were in. Exactly, and or when people like do pr- like proposals at things like this. Oh, dude, Are yeah. Are you kidding me? That, that, that's yeah, fucking badass. I didn't badass. think about that. Yeah, bro, that's a great idea. Fuck. Yeah, I didn't, th- I didn't think about the... the the personal potential business uses of that. Yeah, yeah, like the personal memorabilia of being able to do that for people. Like people would fucking enjoy that. See, that's the kind of stuff I like to make. I like to make a thing that I think is neat mm-hmm. that other people can use in a lot of different ways. Like, yeah. I don't think about how people are going to use something. I think about the utility of what it is. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought it's kind of a philosophy. That <coughs> It's kind of the philosophy I take when I'm building building software is, is try to capture everything about the moment. Like, and I don't mean that as in like recording people's activity. I mean capturing as much useful information about that moment for the sake of the the user having that data to work with. Mm-hmm. Like even when I'm building even when I'm building applications for like business cases or business use cases, like whenever I, whenever a, a request comes in to my server, I'm recording everything about that request. All of the request headers, like the the server state, like what, what the current memory on the server is, the, the mm-hmm. RAM usage, the, the CPU level. I'm recording as much as I can about that request so that later on, if I need to, I can either replay the request or it can help I can that can help me figure out what went wrong with it if something if something's mm-hmm. not working. Yeah. But if you don't if you don't capture all of that extra information it's gone you can't go back and get it mm-hmm. can't go back and record something that you missed which is one of the reasons why as soon as the app opens it starts recording it's a core tenet of what it is mm-hmm. that's fucking ridiculous and you said you made this already yeah what are you doing with it uh, you're just sitting there like nobody has it no nobody has it do you plan on selling it uh, I'm not done with it I'm, I'm not I'm not done I I Ideating on it. Okay, yeah. Dude, that's amazing. Well, and there's, there's, I mean, there's only a limited amount of time, limited amount of time I have to dedicate to these things too. It's, mm-hmm. it's always a question to me for me, which thing do I want to be working on right now? Which time thing management, sh- dude. Which thing should I be doing? And prioritizing for sure. Which and it's also like which thing is going to get me where I want to be? Where you want to be? Quickest the and, quickest and yeah. give me the most opportunity to, mm-hmm. to focus on these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Something wild.